Uh, hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm in Dong. 30 days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah, I mean, less than one month already. Time is definitely flying by. Uh, not a lot of breaking news today, but that's all right because today is another very big episode. We have the Atlantic 10 preview. This is one of the biggest conferences in all of college basketball. It's one of the most competitive ones in all of college basketball. And I'm just really excited to get into it. A lot of very good teams in here. So there'll be a ton of debating today if you're into that debates. But, uh, yeah, I'm just excited for another very good episode. And we are officially less than a month away from our first day of college basketball. Um, I'm stoked. As am I. And uh, still, a couple more conference previews to go, obviously. Uh, I believe next up is the ACC, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And you know how the ACC is. It's a very competitive conference, one of the best uh, for the historic past in all of college basketball. So uh, that's a very exciting one to get into. But uh, before we begin the Atlantic 10 preview, uh, we have one piece of breaking news that we'd like to announce. Uh, 2021 four-star recruit uh, Shane DeZoni has committed to Arizona, uh, 6'4 shooting guard from New Jersey, uh, chooses Arizona over Auburn, Arkansas, Louisville, Arizona State, and many others. Ranked just inside the top 125 uh, for the class of 2021, ranked top 30 for shooting guards, will we join a four-star recruit, K.J. Simpson. Uh, Arizona, they've had very successful recruiting classes in the past. Uh, this upcoming season, they have a ton of international prospects coming in. Uh, will they be a top class in the Pac-12 for 2021? Because they're currently ranked number six. Yeah, um, Sean Miller always has one of the best classes in the Pac-12 at Arizona. So I expect him to definitely be top three real soon. Yeah, I expect so too. Will they be number one this year? I don't know. I mean, Oregon over there, they have a pretty good class coming in. And I expect them to get a couple other recruits as well. And I can go on and on about who's coming where. I think UCLA has gotten a couple guys. Stanford's gotten a couple guys. So uh, the list goes on and on, and it definitely shows why Arizona is number six right now. But this is a very good get for them uh, with Dizoni right here. So who knows what they'll do in the future? They're very good at recruiting classes, like you said. So I expect them to get probably one five-star and a couple other four-stars to round out that class. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's all the breaking news we have for today. Uh, very little. So let's get to our A-10 previews. Um, it was it was very tough. Very, very, very tough. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we were prepping for this, you put in uh, the conference ranks, the actual numbers. You put, like, I think it was uh, – Five through ten, four E, four oh no, it was five through ten. It was four A, four B, four C, four D, and four E. And that just shows how tight that race is in the middle of the pack. I mean, we kinda know who the top three is. We have a rough understanding of who the bottom three is, but anywhere in between, man oh man, it's crazy. And it, I don't want to say it's as crazy as the American was, but I feel like it has that potential to be as crazy as the American already is looking like. Mm-hmm. And what was even harder was choosing your player of the year. You could name at least 15, 20 guys that can make a case for the player of the year award. That, that's just how loaded this conference is this year. Yeah, out of the 35 top scorers in the, in the uh, conference, four of them were seniors that have graduated. So that just shows how good the scoring is. I think almost every single team has at least one guy that was a double-digit score returning, although one team does not. We'll talk about them later. Uh, and some teams even bring in four. Four returning double-digit scores coming back. And there's two teams that have four double-digit scores coming back. So uh, that's just crazy news. And I'm just really excited to watch this very lethal Atlantic 10 conference round out. Yeah. 
Um, so let's get started. Of course, for you guys that are new here, play of the year, Dark Horse, and for today, 14 to 1. So let's kick things off with your player of the year. Yeah, this is like like you said, this is a very hard decision, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Fats Russell out of Rhode Island. Uh, like, like I said, pick your poison here. There's just so many good options, but I'm going to go with Fats Russell here. He was the top option at URI this past season. He sneakily led them to a top three finish in the A-10 last year. And Russell averaged 19 points a game, three and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, and a very surprising three steals a game this past season. That seems like a ridiculous number of steals per game. But, yeah, he did have that. And uh, he looks to lead Brody into the tournament once again. He does have – this is his final season, so he's going to go out with a bang. He was projected to go to the draft. He did test the waters, but thankfully he is coming back to this Rhode Island team. So he's going to be that top guy for the round once again, and hopefully they can make the tournament once again because Fast Russell, he's been notorious to be in that tournament for these past couple of years. Yeah, like you said, this is a very hard decision. Fats Russell is one of the better choices. I'm going with Jacob Gilliard here of Richmond. Uh, like I said, way too many options here, but with Richmond losing Nick Sharada for the season, uh, one guy that comes to my mind is Gilliard, who was their point guard. He averaged 13 points, three rebounds, six assists, and three steals. He was the defensive player for the conference last year, and he was a finalist for the National Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so he would definitely get more chances on offense with, um, what, Sherrod gone. He was the fourth leading scorer last year with 13 points. That just shows how loaded Richmond was. And, yeah, I definitely think he will get more opportunities to score and show that he is one of the best two-way players in the nation. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Gilliard can do. Obviously, Sherrod coming out is a big loss, and we'll talk about it later as the episode rolls on. But uh, Gilliard looking to make another step up in that production. I mean, there's plenty of uh, good options as well around him. So we'll definitely get into Richmond and what they're looking like this year. Uh, dark horse time. Uh, there's plenty of dark horses, and there's also, in a way, no dark horses. I mean, a lot of these teams are expected to make jumps, and that's why it's so competitive in the middle. But I'm going to go with the team uh, that we finally figured out how to pronounce, and it's Duquesne. Uh, Duquesne is a legit contender in the A-10. As it appeared last year, they were pretty good as well, finished in the top five. They finished 21-9 this season. They did drop some heartbreaking losses in conference play last year, but they were still a top five, top six team in that A-10 last year. This team just loses one starter and one rotation piece on last year's roster. And this is one of the teams that returns four double-digit scores. And Carey, Hughes, Doug Martin, and Weathers. So uh, those four guys looking to be lethal guys once again for this Duquesne team. And uh, the big thing here is their defense. I mean, that's why they lost a lot of these games. They had the scoring, like we, I just mentioned, but the defense was just not there for this team. So if they can find some ways around that defensive strategy, and get a lot more defense and points less allowed uh, for their team. Who knows what this team can be? I think this team definitely has a chance to be a bid in the tournament. But I think you could go, you could say that about a lot of teams on here. So that's why I got Duquesne here as my dark horse. Yeah, Duquesne showed that they were they were a legit team last year. Um, as for my dark horse, I have George Mason here. Um, I would definitely call this team a dark horse. They don't really get enough respect, and they're a sneaky good team. Um, their best player, Keir, who transferred to Georgia, he only played seven games last season before transferring and getting injured. Um, guess what? They still managed to win 18 games. And everyone from that 18-game win season is returning. So, yeah, I would, I would really classify them as one of those middle-of-the-pack teams that are just, like, floating around. 
Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, too, because George Mason in the conference play, they only had five wins. I mean, they didn't do that well in conference play when you look at it from that perspective. But uh, as a season, I think it was a pretty successful one, despite losing out on their top guy, like you said. So uh, I think that's good. they're going to have a pretty good season once again, considering they didn't really lose anyone on that rotation. All right, without further ado, uh, number 14 all the way to number one. Uh, like we said, 14, unfortunately, it was a pretty easy decision here. Uh, we both have Fordham here. Uh, unfortunately, this team will be at the bottom of the A-10 once again uh, until they find their stride, and they haven't really found one these past couple of years. They do lose only two starters and their sixth man. They do return their top option in Cobb and hopefully Omas, who did have an injury this, uh, this past season. Uh, he's looking to hopefully play again. Uh, those two guys definitely going to be the top two options on this Fordham team. But besides that, they don't really have anything else going good for them. And uh, that's, I think it's just clear that they're going to be that number 14 team in the A-10 once again, sadly. So, yeah, I mean, pretty easy decision here. But unfortunately, uh, Fordham will be that last seed. Yeah, Fordham here as well. Um, Coach Jeff Neubauer, his seat's been burning for the past two years. And I'm pretty surprised they haven't parted ways with him yet. And, yeah, I definitely see uh, – a last place team written all over this team. They just need a, a change of scenery, a change of leadership, and just a change of everything. Yeah, and uh, here's where things get very interesting. Uh, number 13, I have LaSalle here. Uh, There's usually a team that you don't really talk about when you talk about the A-10 teams. LaSalle does not really come to your mind. Uh, that, that's being this team's usually toward the bottom slash middle of the pack uh, year in, year out. I don't think they've been to the top for – the past five years or so. I don't remember how long it's been, but it's been a very long time. But uh, this team does lose out on two starters and their sixth man as well. Uh, the good thing coming back is they do bring back Beattie, who was their top option last year. So that's obviously very good news for them. But besides him, I don't really think there's much scoring on this team or any options for that matter besides Beattie. So that is why I have LaSalle here at number 13. I think this year it's just going to be another average one for them. And by average, I think it's a pretty – uh, all right, team for them. All right, season for them. But uh, they don't really have that many options outside of being here. Mm -hmm. um, my number thirteen, I have George Washington here. Um, this team, I believe, is in a rebuild year. They have a couple four stars coming in for their class of twenty twenty one, and they project to be the top class, top recruiting class in that class of twenty twenty one. And they do bring back three double digit scores, but they lack defense, and that's that's why they're not going to be successful this year. And like I said. I expect this team to make some noise in a couple of years. Yeah, uh, I actually put George Washington a little bit higher. I have pretty high expectations for that team, so I'll talk about them in a couple minutes. Uh, number 12, we have a similarity here. We have VCU here. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a loss of words for the, this team. I mean, it's just really unfortunate to see them get all the way down here. I mean, you look at the past five seasons, they were in the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago, and it wasn't that long ago, actually. But uh, – this year was uh, – sorry, this past season was supposed to be their year. Uh, things just kind of fell apart for them. And now they're facing a loss of Marco Santos Silva going to Texas Tech. And they lose four of the other top five options on that team as well. So very big loss for VCU. Uh, this is the one team that does not return a double-digit score, unfortunately. They do have guys that probably will step up in those roles, such as Bones Highland and hopefully uh, Stalker the second from Kansas State. But uh, as, of, as to me right now, I think this VCU team uh, will be a bottom three team in the A-10 for next year. Yeah, um, like you said, this team was easily a top 25 team for everyone last year, and they absolutely laid an egg, finishing middle slash bottom of the pack in the conference. 
and they lose five of their top six. Um, they, they only have Bones Highland, who, like I, like you said, he's a rising star, and he's legit. He has a case to be a, a first-rounder next year's NBA draft, so look out for him. But other than that, should be a very slow season for BCU. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm just really disappointed because, like you, like I said, uh, three, four, five years ago, you saw this team making the NCAA tournament, and they had a couple of very good games. One that I can remember off the top of my head is the one against Ohio State in the first round. Obviously, the elbow to D'Angelo Russell. That's an iconic moment in March Madness history for these past couple of years, and uh, that's one that just sticks out to me. But, yeah, VCU is a pretty relatively high seed when they made those tournament runs, so uh, – it's just disappointing to see them this low on the A-10 conference preview. All right, uh, number 11, I have St. Joe's here. Uh, St. Joe's, another very underappreciated team in the A-10. They just lose one starter and two bench players on this team. They return a straight-up scorer in daily. I mean, he averaged about 20 points a game this past season. Very lethal score. And they do return their second option in Brown as well. But the depth on this team is thin to none. So uh, that's why I got St. Joe's so low. If they could have some other role players around at their top two options in daily and Brown, it's going to be a very different story we're talking about right now, but I just don't really think they have that still. So that is why I have St. Joe's at another uh, somewhat disappointing season at number 11 for me. Mm-hmm. I have St. Joe's one spot above you. At my number 11, I have LaSalle here. LaSalle, they're a very average uh, slash below average team, like you, like you stated earlier. Um, they don't really bring in anyone of significance, but they don't really lose anyone of significance. And even the metric shows that this team is just average. Yeah, I mean, every conference has that average team. I definitely agree with LaSalle being that just the average team, unfortunately, but uh, that's just how it has been for the past couple of years, and that's how it's going to probably be for the next couple of years as well. Uh, number 10. Number 10 is where I have George Washington. Yes, you might be thinking this is a little high for them, but something just tells me that this team's going to be a pretty decent team next year. Uh, they, they do lose two stars and a few role players, but I believe they do bring back their top three and Jack. Battle and Nelson Jr., Jameer Nelson Jr., actually. Uh, Jameer Nelson, former NBA player, uh, pretty pretty underrated player, pretty respectable player. So uh, it's pretty cool to see his son playing here at George Washington. But uh, this team does lack some defense, like you said earlier, and that's pretty much the haunting factor of this George Washington team. So like you said, 2021 is definitely going to be their year. But I think 2020 is a very good step in the right direction for this George Washington team. Yeah. Um, at number 10, I said, I said I had St. Joe's here. Um, they probably have one of the better starting fives in this conference, but they have the worst bench in the conference as well. Like you said earlier, the depth on this team is real thin. Uh, Dali is a very good player. He's the top returning scorer from last year's A-10. And if the Stars have the energy to play 40-plus minutes a night every game, maybe they could be in the top seven or eight, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think he will be playing 40-plus minutes a night, unfortunately. Uh, but, I mean, you never know. They could definitely do that. I mean, we have, I don't know how his production would last a couple of games if he played 40 minutes a game. But uh, I think if they definitely did do that, they could be where you said they could be. But uh, it's just a wait-and-see game to see what they actually do with Dally there. Uh, number nine, I have George Mason here, your dark horse. Uh, I agree with you. This team's looking to be a pretty good one in the A-10 considering uh, what, pretty much what happened last year. They finished bottom three in the conference play, but they had 18 wins on the season, which is pretty impressive for that George Mason team. And like you said, they basically lost Kyre before the season even started. I mean, he didn't play that many games, but uh, that definitely hurt that team. 
But besides him leaving this team, they don't lose anybody else, and they return top option Green alongside Miller and Wilson, uh, all three double-digit scores returning on this rotation. So uh, this George Mason team, definitely going to see a lot more success in this A-10 for this year and probably for the next couple of years as well. So I have very high expectations for this George Mason team going forward. Mm-hmm. And at number nine, this is where it starts getting hard. At my number nine, I have Davidson here. Um, this was the team I had winning the A-10 last year, but they underachieved big time. They finished middle of the pack. And not to mention they lose John XL Goodmanson, who has been their best player for three years. He's been in an all-A-10 team the past three years, and he was the A-10 player of the year two years ago. Um, they still have a very good coach. They have a actual. They have a pretty good star as well. He's definitely an all-conference player, and Kellen Grady, and this will be a very good team. They're definitely going to be a tough out everywhere, but we'll have to see again. This this whole bunch of four through nine is just tough. I agree. It's just really tough. Uh, I do have David here at number eight, like you said. Uh, this team was supposed to be just a very good team this past season. I remember even before we made this podcast, you were talking about Davidson and how good they could be in that A-10 this past season. But uh, unfortunately, things did not go the way it seemed. And uh, I hope this year is not a similar case, but there's definitely a possibility that it could be. I mean, they lose, like you said, just one starter. And they also lose Luke Frampton. I'm, I know he only played five games, uh, so it's not that big of a loss. But he was a very good impact player for Davidson when he actually played. Uh, you might expect this Davidson team to be pretty solid, though, for this upcoming season. Like you said, they do return a stud in Grady. And they do return two double scores as well, and Brakovich and Collins. So uh, you never know what this Davidson team could do. Unfortunately, I do not think they'll live up to what their expectations were this past year. I think it'll be another pretty average season for Davidson. So that is why I have them here at number eight. Mm-hmm. And my number eight, and my dark horse, George Mason here. Obviously, I talked about them earlier. They were 18-win team, and they only won five conference games. So that's pretty impressive that they did that well in their non-conference schedule, and they returned everyone. So I'm pretty excited to watch this team play. Yeah, number seven, we have a similarity here. We got the U. Not not Miami. We got UMass here. Uh, yes, this UMass team, they have been a very disappointing team for these past couple of years in the A-10 but this year, I think it definitely could potentially be their year. And they do lose three stars on a very mixed and matched rotation last year. There were a ton of different guys starting, a ton of different guys playing a lot more minutes than a couple other guys. But regardless, they do lose three starters, and they do lose a couple bench players as well. The good news is Trey Mitchell is still at UMass. And Trey Mitchell, man, oh, man, I think he could be a very good player in this A-10 next year. He had a very good freshman season. I think he averaged 18 points a game, and that was his freshman season. So he's looking to erupt as a very good player once again for this upcoming season. And they do return double scores in Pierre and Weeks as well. Uh, Weeks was injured halfway through this season, but he's looking to be healthy and good to go. So uh, they got a couple other transfers as well. I know some guys did transfer out, but one guy to name is Noah Fernandez, uh, native of Massachusetts. So... All I got to say is don't sleep on the hometown boys. I think they'll be pretty good this year in the A-10. Yeah, uh, like you said, I have UMass here as well. They could really well be the real deal. Um, They've struggled the past three years, but they've they've found a star in Trey Mitchell and role players in Pierre and Weeks, like you said, who's finally healthy. And a lot of others, you can't forget Noah Fernandez from Wichita State. He He got his waiver to be eligible. That's absolutely huge. And I expect a big jump from last year from, uh, for UMass. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what we hope. I mean, we got to root for the hometown team. I know I said that earlier, but uh, this is probably one of the teams that can do it. I mean, looking at all the teams from Massachusetts, we don't really know who that best team in Massachusetts is going to be. I definitely think it can be UMass, and I don't really know who else I can go by besides BU maybe, but I don't I don't really know where else I could go with that. But uh, What? BC. Yeah, I know we got BC. I know. I know we'll talk about them next episode. But uh, they are they are in the ACC. So if you want to go there, then I don't know. But uh, we we're, you have to see where we rank them next episode. But uh, as of right now, I think we should move on to number six. I do have St. Bonaventure's here at number six, also known as St. Bonnie's. Uh, this team's a very capable team of making it to the tournament. Uh, we've seen it a couple of years ago. This team was in the tournament uh, as an 11 seed, fighting for that bid. But uh, they do lose one starter and a few role players on this rotation from last season's squad. Uh, regardless, I think this team's still a very underrated squad. Uh, they do return Kyle Lofton, who was their top option, as well as Welch and Oyusani, uh, two very good guys that can score the ball as well. Uh, they do bring in Roberts as well from Kent State. I think this is one of the very most underrated transfers in this A-10 conference. So uh, Roberts, he averaged about 12.5 points a game at Kent State, and he's eligible to play. So uh, he's looking to be a very good uh, guy in his first year at St. Bonaventures. So the Bonnies, I got him at six, but six could be a little too low for them. But that's where I'm going to roll with them for right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I have St. Bonnies a little bit higher. At my number six, I have Dayton here. What a season it was last year for Dayton. Top five team nationally and certainly going to have that one seed. Um, star Obi Toppin, he, he's gone. He's the nas- he was the national player of the year last year. And he's declared for the draft, obviously, like he should be. But they do return as wingmen and Jalen Crutcher and E.B. Watson, who are still terrific players in their own right. And you can't mention Dayton without mentioning coach of the year, Anthony Grant. And uh, You cannot sleep on this team. Yeah, I definitely agree with you here. And that's why I got Dayton here at number five. I mean, they're still a very legitimate contender despite losing, obviously, Obi Toppin. But uh, they do lose two other stars as well on that rotation. And But like you said, you cannot forget about the second option of Jalen Crutcher. It's pretty much his team now, so I'm excited to see what he can do with it. Uh, he's, I, I see his scoring production to be very boosted and very productive. Uh, he is, he's another player that we did not mention for our player of the year. Definitely has, another, definitely has a chance to win that one as well. And he can't sleep on E.B. Watson. He's definitely looking to make a big step in his game. And as the door opens for him, I see a lot of possibility with him being that second option on this team. And uh, like you said, Anthony Grant, he was coach of the year, national coach of the year for a reason. So Dayton, they're still going to be a very good squad. So that is why I have them here at five. But if I'm, if I'm being honest, these top six teams all have a chance to be uh, around number one or two spot. Mm-hmm. Um, number five, I have Duquesne here. Uh, this is another dangerous team. They showed last year that they can win games, and they returned four stars from, from that team. 21-win team, I believe. And like you said, their defense was, was a little shaky. Um, they played – they played mainly zone for the first half, but and then they switched to man-to-man in the second half of the season, and it, it looked a lot better. But that just that ability to switch defenses, um, that can that can win you games. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And one guy you really see that with is Texas Tech, and you know that they're a very good defensive team. So I definitely see glimpses of Texas Tech in this Duquesne team. I'm not going to make the comparisons of the two teams, but. Uh, uh, number four, obviously, I do have Duquesne. So uh, I'm just excited to see what this team can do. I know they're very talented. They have a chance to be a very good team once again this upcoming season. And 
I don't know how many bids there are going to be in this conference, but I think Duquesne definitely has a chance to be one of those bid teams in this A-10 conference. So I'm excited to see what they can do and if they can actually pull it off. And who knows? I mean, they could def- four is definitely a very bold place to put them. I think they could definitely move down a couple spots, but they could probably sneak up into the top three, I believe, if everything goes right for them. So I think it all depends on their defense, like you said. So that's why I have them at number four. Oh, yeah, um, number four, sorry. Um, I have St. Bonaventures here. Just a tough decision. If I were to choose a fourth-place team, I would choose St. Bonaventures. Um, they returned four starters with Kyle Lofton leading the way. He's probably one of the best point guards you've never heard of. And transfer Anthony Roberts, that's huge that he got a waiver to become eligible. That just provides even more depth for them. And they really have a legit shot at the title. They're, they're one of the teams outside looking in. Yeah, and speaking on one of those teams on the outside looking in, I definitely have number three Redound as one of those teams. But that 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 outside looking in, it's a very close margin for that. But uh, this Redound team had a very impressive offseason despite losing four starters. And they bring in the best transfer class in this conference. And I could go on and on about who they got. I mean, I'm not going to, but they just got so many very good quality transfers. And most of them are eligible to play this year, which is very good news for them. So, uh yeah, I mean, I think the main point to top it all off is Fats Russell coming back. I mean, they didn't really know if he's going to come back or not. He was debating it very heavily. And uh, he finally decided to come back, one of the latest guys, to opt out of the draft and the waters. So uh, I definitely think Rhode Island has a chance to win this title once again. They did finish third in the conference last year, like I said. So they're definitely going to get a bid in the conference, I believe, for the March Madness tournament. But uh, if they can win this whole A-10 conference, I'm not too sure, but they definitely have the pieces to be a very successful team this year. Mm-hmm. I have URI here as well. Um, they've emerged as that third team in the race with Fads Russell returning and a great offseason where, like you said, they got a loaded transfer class and recruits. Um, this team, I think they have the most sheer talent in the conference. The chemistry, chemistry-wise, that remains a mystery. Uh, we'll have to see what happens on the court, but they're definitely a top three team based on talent alone. And now the one and two spots, uh, these are the same, unfortunately. And my number two, uh, yes, if you have watched the top 25s in the past, uh, you know that I was the Richmond guy and you were the St. Louis guy. And those are the last two teams left, obviously. But uh, unfortunately, I do have Richmond now at number two. Uh, I guess you were right all along. Not all along, but you're right for now, I guess. Uh, Unfortunately, the rain for me, rooting for Richmond to win this A-10, uh, as of right now, it has been concluded. Don't get me wrong. I'm still going to root for this Richmond team to win. But uh, I think the injury of Sherrod definitely hurts this team's chances. And uh, this team was just going to lose one rotation piece. Uh, but now they lose Sherrod, who was the starter and the captain on this team. So it definitely hurts their chances at winning this A-10 now. Don't get me wrong. The trio is still back. And Francis Gilliard and Golden, uh, it's still a very huge powerhouse in Richmond in this conference. But it's going to be a very hard task to defeat that number one team now, unfortunately. So as much as I hate to say it, I do have Richmond now at number two in my A-10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have Richmond here as well. Second best year in the conference in Gilliard, Golden, and Francis. But just losing Nick Sherrod, that was, that was their biggest blow. Um, their supporting cast now, not as strong as St. Louis's, But nonetheless, still a tournament team, definitely. Oh, 100%. This team's definitely still a tournament team, but I just think their chances at winning this A-10, which I thought were going to be pretty pretty easy, uh, it's definitely very slim to none now. But uh, there's, there's always still a chance, don't get me wrong. 
Uh, if you believe in miracles, you definitely should. There's definitely a chance to defeat this number one team. But this St. Louis team at number one, man, oh, man, they are very scary. And I didn't really realize it. And just looking at their whole roster coming back, I realized that this team is very good. And uh, if, I, if we do have another top 25 coming soon, maybe I'll put them in there. But uh, it depends on when and where we're doing that top 25. But uh, this team is another team that returns four double scores and Goodwin, Perkins, Francis, and also Jimerson. Jimerson's definitely the guy I forgot about. He was a double-digit uh, double scorer, though. And obviously, you know the big three of Goodwin, Perkins, and French. Sorry, not Francis. But uh, those three guys are just very good guys on that rotation. And the only guy that loses is their eighth man on that rotation. So that's just very scary news for them. And all on all top of that, they do bring in Akoro from Oregon, another very big transfer coming in for them. So I'm very scared about this St. Louis team now. But I think with the standards given, uh, will they succeed? I'm not too sure. It's just a wait-and-see game now at this point. Yeah, um, I'm finally glad you realized how good St. Louis is. Obviously, I've been saying this for a while now. Um, I've had them in all but two of my top 25s. This team, in my opinion, it's the best bin major team in the nation. They have the best true in the conference in Perkins, French, and Goodwin. And like you, you mentioned, Jimerson, he's finally healthy. He, he, was, he was banged up halfway towards the season and missed, missed the season after that. And just great role players. They have Yuri Collins, their point guard, one of the best passers in the conference, one of the most creative passers as well. And this is the Dark Horse Final Four team for me. I think this team could go to the Final Four. Yeah, that's a very bold take. I mean, I'm not going to agree with you nor disagree with you. I definitely see it as a possibility, but I'm not going to make a decision on my Dark Horse Final Four team yet. St. Louis definitely has a chance to be that team. I'm not going to go into speculations right now, but I'm not, I'm not going to make that judgment as of right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that concludes the A-10 Conference preview for today. Uh, this one is not going to disappoint you this year. I think this year it's going to be a lot more competitive than it was this past season. I mean, and don't get me wrong, this past season, it was still very competitive as well. We saw a ton of very close finishes with some of those top teams. And, uh, unfortunately, we didn't really get to see a glimpse of the conference tournament because we only saw the first couple uh, rounds and the, only the first round, I believe, actually. So, uh we didn't really get a good glimpse of that, but uh, this year's conference tournament for the A-10, I think it should be a very scary one. I can see a ton of upsets in this conference because all these teams are still very good and talented, even if you are in that 10, 11, 12, 13 spot. So uh, I just think this A-10 conference is going to be a very good one for this upcoming season. Yeah, um, definitely. Like you said, 1 through 10, that's going to be – those games are going to be crazy to watch. And do you think this team – this conference is better than American now? for this year only? That's a very bold take. Um, I mean, we've talked about this before, and I, I think last time I had the American as that team, but if I'm being honest, I, I might have to go with the A-10 now that I think about it. I mean, top to bottom, I think the American is still better. I know there's less teams in it, but if I'm taking the top couple teams from the American and the top couple teams from the A-10, I'm taking the A-10 all day. So. Uh, Top to bottom, give me the American, but more competitive conference to watch and more talented conference to watch. I'm taking the A-10 on that one. Yeah, uh, same here as well. Um, if you take out the, the bottom four teams in the A-10, I honestly would go for the, for the A-10 as the better conference because that one through 10 in the A-10, is just it just looks unreal to watch right now, just talking about them. But yeah, um, like you said, top to bottom right now is definitely the American, but... Uh, the A-10 definitely has more top-heavy teams. 
Yeah, but don't get me wrong. Both of these two conferences are going to be some of the most interesting and exciting conferences to watch this year. And if you didn't see the, Mer- the American Conference preview, that was our last episode. So I definitely recommend you checking out that one because that was a very good one as well with a lot of different debates as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this A-10 this one's pretty much wrapped up. I'm really excited to watch this conference play roll out because I think there could be a ton of upsets, like I said earlier. And uh, next episode is the ACC, a very anticipated one. One of the best conferences, like I said, in all of college basketball. So I'm excited to see where we rank them. Obviously, like we said earlier this episode, our BC hometown team is in the ACC. Uh, this will definitely not be a biased opinion on BC. Uh, unfortunately, we don't really know we're going to rank them yet. But I don't know if it will be too well in comparison to some of our other fellow hometown teams. Yeah, uh, this is tr- the ACC next episode will truly be our first high major preview so that's going to be pretty exciting and that concludes today's episode and it's crazy we're less than a month away from college basketball yeah less than a month away in college basketball and we're just getting started with our heavy hitter conference previews so uh, that's definitely a good recipe for a very good month up ahead so uh, definitely stay tuned for these conference previews coming up because they're going to be some very good ones as well Uh, and don't get me wrong the a10 american they're still very good ones as well so, uh, yeah, I mean, just thank you, thank you guys for the console support, and we hope to see you guys for the next couple months. Yeah, and right now it's October, but here it's always March. And, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and it's always March, baby. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching.